Welcome to episode 137 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I'm so glad you keep up with that stuff because I got nothing. Uh, I'm pretty lot. sure. I'm like 99% sure it's 130. I put 137 on everything, so it's it it is or it's not. It'll well, you know when I fix it later on. But uh, we're all three here. Yay! We haven't all been on the podcast in like a month. I yeah, feel like yeah. We Rachel to- was here, and then I was missed two weeks. I feel like when we went to dinner because we went to dinner the other night. And I feel like that's the first time that I've seen you and Rachel in like we haven't done a show. three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't done a show in a while. I like hope. a reptile show. We haven't all been at the same show since Connor. Yeah. In June. Yeah. I think that's right. No, in September. I'm going to go with the person September. that Facebook user says go yeah. Yankees is probably dead. <laughs> we were just talking about you too. Fucking Yankees. <laughs> See, See you tomorrow. tomorrow. I love, I mean, there's you few things in life that give stay. me more joy than Araldus Chapman's face in 2017 <laughs> when Altuve hit the walk-off home run in the in the freaking ninth inning. Uh, it, you know, but it was like what, uh, it, it, like, it has ruined Araldus Chapman. Yeah. I mean, he oh, got yeah. left off the, he got left off the postseason roster this year. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> cheating years. I knew he was going to say that. When you got nothing else, that's all you can say. You know, um, if we're talking about sports. I'm going to go ahead and say it, and, and I don't care how shallow it is. This weekend in football was amazing because yeah. I got to watch Alabama lose. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I, I mean. I, I get got, it. Alabama I fans. I slept through the whole game except for the last two minutes, and I got up to go watch the last two minutes because <laughs> I needed to see it happen. Well, I get Alabama fans will say, uh, way to go. You're cheering that we lost, not your team won. Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm cheering that Alabama lost. Uh, you tried growing up an hour away from Tuscaloosa most of your life and then moving to the state of Alabama. Fucking hate them. Yeah. And I say that with family members and fan and friends that are uh, fans of Alabama. Fucking hate Alabama. I grew up an Alabama fan and then I went to Troy and then I became a Troy fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know the Braves lost. They, uh, they traded away too many players. And uh, just did not have the offense when it came time for it. They they, yeah. they peaked in the middle of the season. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, well, they managed to have that run at the end. and They had and great pitching there towards the right end. Right there at the end, they made that run and knocked the Brave, uh, the Mets, Mets out. out. And, uh, yeah, so in 2005 in the National League Championship, Championship Series, Albert Pujols hit a home run off Brad Lidge that has yet to land. <laughs> and Brad Lidge was – that's it. He was – it Afterwards. fucked him up. He was never right again. This is now a baseball podcast. Whatever. I could talk about that but all night. Pujols, I've got to say this. Uh, I was never a huge fan of him. I, I don't know. I, whatever. But as he got older, I, I realized baseball is going to miss Albert Pujols. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a big loss with him retiring. And what's crazy is like he's retiring because he said, I'm going to retire. And that's it. And we'll see. I mean, sort of a lot of other people. But I, I kind of believe him. But he definitely could come back next year trying to. Getting higher up on the list, he could. Uh, he like was still at, knocking home runs, no problem. He's at what seven oh or seven oh seven? I don't know, but I think he's seven hundred seven years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you figure because you got to figure his real age probably wasn't his real age when he started baseball. So. Right. He has uh, been playing since oh one. Yeah. So him and that's uh, a long twenty one years. Was it him and Tom Brady? Yeah. So. Uh, none of them would beat Nolan Ryan. Yeah, Tarikin was old when he when Nolan, he Nolan Ryan pitched till he was sixty-seven years old. You know, yeah. <laughs> I bet Nolan Ryan at seventy-five or whatever he is now could probably pick the baseball up and oh, still sure. crush it, kill it. 
Yeah. Speaking of, okay, I promise we'll get to reptiles at some point. The funniest thing I saw on Facebook the last week was that Randy Johnson is now a photographer at football games. He's been a photographer. Yeah, and that picture's like 10 years old. Yes. That's crazy. He's been a photographer for years. How does seven-foot Randy Johnson, man who crushes pigeons with baseballs, (laughs) scares the hell out of any batter, Take pictures for so long with no one going, hey, that's Randy Johnson taking I mean, our picture. it was picture. big when it came out, but again, that was like 10 years ago. No, it was. I would have seen that 10 years ago. Yeah. That's, but that that is... He did photography before he got real big in baseball. No. Yes. Well, then he was, has that, like then, multiple degrees then, in photography. Then that means he would have done photography when he was like 18. Yeah, probably so. But he was real big into baseball for a while after that. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Hall of Fame and... <laughs> So I think he's third all time on no hitters and and first all time in killing pigeons with a baseball. And played for the Astros for one season and it was awesome. Nineteen ninety eight, uh, they got him at at the beginning of the season, like mid, halfway to the All Star break. They got him and then he just killed it and then went on about his way in free agency. It was a rental. It's worth it's worth renting. It was awesome just to know he played for us for a year. I just don't understand how there weren't more pictures of him in the last ten years on the sidelines of football games right. taking pictures like. How can they? There's so many cameras on a football field. How do they not turn around during a, or like a boring ass like Houston Texans game or a Detroit Lions game? The Texans still have a team. Yeah, I, I hear they play football every now and then. Uh, and just go, hey, look, guys, this game sucks. That's Randy Johnson. And let's just go interview Randy Johnson while he takes pictures. Just saying. I, yeah, the guy crushed a bird. I mean, he's pretty intimidating. So, you know, if he's busy taking pictures, I'm probably not going to walk up and be like, "Let me interrupt what you're doing to say that hi." Is, that is true. He'll throw a ball at you and crush you like a pigeon. Yeah. Just it's it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in sports. The timing it took and the fact of who it was, and you know that fastball was going at about 700 miles an hour, so it didn't just it didn't obliterate the pigeon. It went through it and melted the pigeon on impact. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, God, that is. If, if anybody's never seen that video, I was there's no to way. Say, if you've never seen it, please by all means go. Yeah, you've got to go search go Randy that. Johnson. Just search Randy Johnson pigeon. I promise. If you start typing that. in on YouTube, Randy, it's probably the first thing Johnson, that comes up. First thing, Hitsburg. <laughs> yeah, Hitsburg. It's it's Randy Johnson Hitsburg, Randy Bot Johnson Bird, Randy Johnson Dove, Randy Johnson Pigeon. Yes. <laughs> it's like the first four. The good thing is, like, he was a, a great pitcher. Like, it, it, I guess if you were a shitty pitcher and it's the one thing you're known for, you're like, fuck, I'm known for killing the fucking bird. That's the only thing. But like, he's a great pitcher, so it's it's still a cool story. Oh, this one's in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> just see nothing oh gone it's like poof and the ball still goes all the yes. way to the backstop that's yeah. crazy <laughs> see anal side exotics says he turned it into a pink mist pretty much what's up see anal side exotics all right oh all right they're canadian all right so i was i know we don't talk about what goes on on the uh zoom calls with chris from snakes and the fat man but this one thing we can talk about just because i need to, do y'all have bagged milk up there in canada because there was a canadian on the call and he had bagged milk like, it didn't come in a carton. It didn't come in a jug. It came in a fucking bag. And then he had to put the bag inside of a pitcher once you cut the corner. Why do Canadians buy milk in bags? Because they're fucking Canadians. Because bagged milk evangelists, that's, evangelists. What, that's what it says, argue that pouches use 75% less plastic than the average plastic milk jug. You can use a paper milk. I mean, just paper milk containers how do you oh, put yeah. how do you put a lost kid on a bag of milk um do they still do that with cartons no but i'm guessing canada never did they have bags of milk maybe they don't lose their kids in canada no they just don't care 
they wander off in the wilderness and Usually, get killed by a moose. Usually, one of the corners is cut off to allow for pouring, and the bag is stored in a pitcher or jug. Yeah, see? That makes... So, so what you did was you put it in a bag that you then have to put in a pitcher at home. <laughs> yeah, we do. I put stuff on it. <laughs> but the pitcher you, you just it. reuse, so... Yeah. I get it. Did y'all see this thing? It's where bagged the, milk. All the people were at that big pumpkin patch. And oh, the, yeah, they caught a fire. Burned up 73 cars. cars. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Imagine, that oh, was kids, in Temple, we're having a great Texas. Time. What's all that black? Yeah, it was right by the yeah. uh, show this weekend. Uh-huh. Temple, Texas. That is crazy. All right, so let's do our uh, show we'd like to forget. <laughs> let's do our uh, uh, sponsors real quick. If you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit LSReptileRacks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Lucas texted me and said, James makes the most ridiculous points, and it cracks me up, and I love it. Like <laughs> Canal Side Exotic says, yeah, we have to buy a separate container to hold the bags of milk. Oh it just, that, that whole process, someone went, all right, guys, we got to get rid of. I'm down the rabbit hole now. There's a whole, there's all kinds of shit. Well, there had on, to be a meeting. So online. we're getting rid of cartons. We're getting rid of cartons. Okay, so how are they going to, what are they going to do? We're going to put it in bags. It requires less energy to like. I don't care. To put it together. I love nature. It produces less greenhouse gases than jugs or cartons. Fuck it. I love nature. Don't put that shit in a bag. You, you look like a third world nation having to drink your milk out of a bag. You look well, like your, your milk was dropped. Like it was airdropped. Would you like to know with other some supplies for survival? Other countries that use bagged milk are Ethiopia, India, India China, Israel, Russia, Ukraine, Iran, Colombia, Uruguay, Argentina, Hungary, South Africa, and some parts of the U.S. If the Israelis are doing it, it must be right. What part of the U.S.? I know we're afraid to tell the Israelis when they're wrong, but bag milk is wrong. I just don't give a shit. Speaking of milk, I know I told you guys this story already, but last Thursday when I was actually driving to meet you guys for dinner after we got through loading the trailer and whatnot, I was listening to a local um, talk show that I listened to. And I just kind of wasn't, you know, when you're driving home at the end of the day. <laughs> Your daddy's a nut. Oh. Um, driving along, listening, just in, but not really listening. And I'm like... That, that voice sounds familiar. He's interviewing two people. And I realize it's, we call them uh, Uncle Bill and Aunt Irene, but they were like my grandpa's cousins. Right. And they own a natural dairy here in Santa Fe, right, right down the road from us, where you can get, you know, unpasteurized, you know, raw milk. And uh, put into a carton. Yeah, it actually comes in a jug. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty cool listening to them because they're in their 70s. And they actually bought their first cows from my, when my grandpa got sick with cancer, we sold, we we're going to sell all the dairy cows that he had. And, uh, cause we couldn't take care of them anymore. And that's who bought them. So that milk is actually like, oh, that's cool. A lineage from the milk that I grew up, you know, and it's never been put in a bag. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think we ever put milk in a bag. That's good. Uh, we had these big bags that I think held like 30 gallons that were for transport, but that wasn't like you didn't plop 30 gallons of milk down on the counter and put a spigot in it. And like, I watch, I watched that Canadian take out that bag of milk. And I honestly thought, did he buy breast milk? It looks like he just bought someone's breast milk and he's just drinking that. Oh my gosh. I mean, technically it is. I missed it. it. That's utter it's milk. Utter, utterly impossible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyways. Uh, so a year, I think I thought this earlier a year ago. So it's October. We did our, uh, our venomous month. That was our venomous month. So anybody that's that interested, if, if you go back a year, that was all venomous episodes. Those are really good. 
uh, month of episode. Not that we haven't had good ones since then. I hate that you missed Luke last week. That I was, do too, man. I was looking forward to that. That was a great one. So for what everybody doesn't that. know, I don't know if you told him or not, but um, two weeks ago today, my CNC machine broke. Yeah. And the part is going to take uh, four to six weeks to get here to fix it. So I'm having to scramble and cut at my friend's shop here in Pearland, which is 30 minutes from my shop. But that means I have to load up over there and then come Damn. over here and it's on his schedule and he works a full-time job. Yeah. So, um, so it's been interesting in the last two Tuesdays I've been over there cutting, but I did it today during the day. So, uh, I don't have to go. I could be here tonight. It's awesome. Um, yeah, it's not awesome that the machine broke. No, that's that not sucks. awesome. Cause what sucks is like last week when we were, I cut everything Thursday morning to finished up Thursday morning. Cause I kept breaking bits last week. Um, and I get to the shop and Lucas is building the LS 28 and he's like, Hey, there's no tops for these. And you can go look at them. my cut list. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't cut tops for them. Luckily they don't have mortise. We just cut them by hand with a table saw. Yeah. But still it's one of those things that, um, you know, well, one thing I did want to throw out so when you were given the, uh, little, uh, advertisement for Robert. Also, if you want hides, large hides, like big boa hides and stuff like that, you started making those also out of PVC. So they're easy to clean mm -hmm. and even selling those like crazy as well. Yeah. They, that's the only thing. I mean, honestly, that's about the only thing I sold this weekend. At the show. As I was reading the little ad that we wrote, I'm like, it's been a while. It's time for us to, to update some stuff. Refresh this. The hides and the cages, the, uh, the 40 gallon breeder PVC cage for those that have a 40 gallon breeder front opening glass tank and they want to get away from the glass, but you still have a 40 gallon stand. You can get a 40 gallon PVC cage. Um, that's been big. And then you signs. I know that that's going to be a separate thing, but you start doing a lot of signs too. uh, backlit signs. Mm -hmm. and stuff like I, that. I actually spent the afternoon today, uh, working on a Facebook page and a website for the signs, but it's uh, powerful creations is the Facebook page. The website, it, it might not be live for a while. It's going <laughs> to take me a while to get it built. Um, but yeah, cause they're, they're fun to make and, it's different. Uh, the way this economy is going, uh, action cages just aren't. Well, as I told you, I think I think racks definitely are going to take a hit. Mm -hmm. I think uh, people, uh, and, and I've talked about this with you, and I've talked about it with several other people. The, the, the hobby, I think, is going in a different direction for several reasons. Uh, one, the overall economy is in the shitter. Uh, but two, I think finally we have reached, I know the ball python people won't admit this, and I've said it before, but we've reached saturation point of ball pythons. And uh, not everybody can be a breeder of 60 or 70 different uh, adult females and produce tons of babies anymore. So I think you're going to see people really refine that. And you're going to start selling cages to people that want to put their one ball python in a cage. Been seeing a lot of that. Uh, and not buy six ball pythons to put in a rack. There are 49,555 ball pythons on Morph Market right now. So we're almost to 50,000 50, ball pythons on Morph Market for sale. That's the, crazy. There are 4,048 visual clowns, 6,000, what is the orange? It is het clowns. And there are 4,000, got to find it. Yeah, see, that's that's insane. Pieball, there are 4,279 visual pieds. So if you're out there making pieds, you might, you might want to. You might want to rethink that because uh, there's 4,200 of them on there. I'm trying to look for boas. I don't I mean, you know, I was talking to a couple of the people this weekend who have pet stores 
and you know pides uh bells albinos bananas they all sell in the pet stores because that's somebody buying their first well, yeah. a lot of time and they come in and they go that's so rare right because they don't know it's not or, rare yeah, and it's it, it's eye-catching yeah but you know people get mad i've had a couple people get mad at me for saying that but there's just it i remember uh one of our other good friends who's also a podcaster two years ago saying all this COVID money in two or three years all these people buying in are going to cr- create a shitload of babies and you're just going to see the market get inundated. Um, and he was right. <laughs> so my dad said the key to business uh, success is to change with the times when he was in the air force. They used to say simper Gumby, always flexible. <laughs> uh, so I was looking, so like Sambo, so the things I'm into mm-hmm. Sambo's 500 of them. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Boa constrictors. There's only 4,291. Right. And that's all the species of boas. Yeah, that's yeah. all of them. So, how many does yours say? Boas? Mm-hmm. 4,291. Mine says 4,823. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, that's which, which one's right? <laughs> Look, 4,823. Oh, you know what it is? I bet it's. Okay, so hold on. That's probably true. I probably clicked on the wrong thing. Mine's probably just boa. Maybe boa imperial, boa constrictor. Oh, yeah. I bet yours is set to just United States. Oh, yeah, yeah. 4,796? 4,291. Yeah. It's probably... But it's Y'all close. got some filter that is, yeah. doesn't Yeah, but it's still close. All. Yeah. Um, you know. 3,100 corn snakes. So there's more boas than there are corn snakes right now. There's more pied ball pythons than there are of either one of those. Yeah. 5,700 crested geckos. I, it's, it's somebody else, somebody we were talking about that this weekend, they said, yeah, the crested gecko market's going that same way. So because where, I don't know why mine's not showing that. Where do you? So I, you have to go to the beta, go up top uh, and see where you go back to the old, yeah. the old view. Return to old view. Yeah, that's where you do it. If you can see it, it doesn't show it in the current view. So there's only uh, 1,813 one king snakes. So Amanda, Amanda Reedy, Reedy said, or Reddy, whatever. Reddy. Chameleons, 171. Yeah, so see, these numbers tell you one thing. Uh, if you want to sell your reptiles, ball pythons aren't it. Like I, I'm willing to bet that there are more of these different ones per, if now, you did the math comparison, sold of like boas versus the ball python. There were a couple of people this weekend who sold quite a few ball pythons, but they're both well-known. You know, yeah. people came there looking for them. Um, well, there were people that had a bad time at Tinley. And and I honestly think it's hard if you are if you are the the hobbyist the hobbyist breeder, that's going to be a hard show for you to sell at because the big name business breeders are the ones that people are coming there to see and coming there to buy from. That doesn't mean you won't sell anything, but you're probably going to sell one or two, which really won't even pay for your tables depending on what they are. If you're not producing the big stuff, right? So, I I, I told you the other day I'm hoping that all of this uh, causes. I don't hope it causes people to have to get rid of their collections, and that's not what I want. I think that that would, that would suck. But well, I, that's because you're old, Doug. Oh, <laughs> Doug does like the old view. Don't worry, but Doug. So I, 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 like the old, I like it too. I like the old view too. I don't like when things change. I don't like the new <clears throat> market. It was very hard for me to figure out. But uh, I'm hoping that we get more of a return to the hobbyist breeder, and not everybody trying to become the full time business breeder. Um, I just think it's I think it's better for the hobby when someone has a small collection of stuff they're breeding and they're breeding good stuff in small numbers 
versus someone just bringing a ton yeah. of shit and throwing it out there. I, I changed the view to just the United States from U.S. and Canada, and it's only 47,639 ballpipes. Oh, is that it? Oh, okay. Just 47,000. So only 2,000 in Canada. Can, oh, Canada. 1,878 in Canada. They can get their uh, t- almost 2,000 ball pythons and their bagged milk. There's 197 in Mexico. Hmm. So, anyway. so anyways, that, uh, yeah, I've noticed that with Morph Market. When we talked about, I've, I see a change in the hobby. And again, everybody complaining at shows, not selling stuff. Uh, it depends on what you're selling. And again, it's always, I also think a lot of people aren't used to the way shows have been. It used to always be. You know, some shows were good, some shows are bad. Not every show is a great show. It just can't be. Right. So this weekend was an exception. It, you know, there was a um, the Iron Man, the Iron Man triathlon, literally in the same like complex where yeah. we were at. And there was, I think I looked it up. There was something like twenty thousand people there for that or something. And they took all the parking spots. And Sean had worked it out with the venue where we had dedicated parking. But then on Saturday morning, they blocked that parking off and made it VIP parking for the Iron Man. Uh, which sucked because our trailers were locked in there. When I went to go get my trailer on Sunday, they tried to stop me from driving in there. I'm like, I'm going right there and getting my trailer. I would not get in front of this truck. And the guy just looked at me. <laughs> I was like, I got to have my trailer, man. It's 4.30 already. Yeah, it was 4.30 already. And then Amanda said it rained on Sunday. Rained all day Sunday, or all morning Sunday. Because um, people were having to walk six to 12 blocks to get there. Yeah, it's on Saturday they were doing, and it was it was a little warm, but it wasn't terrible. But um, on Sunday, they just—I mean, it was yeah, it was—it was just like a um, conglomeration of factors that kept people at home. Uh, I assume it's the same basic theory as puppy farms. If you are relying on breeding to make a living, you are susceptible to watering down your bloodline, trying to feed the family. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I. The problem is reptile bloodlines don't dilute like. Well, and I don't—I don't think breeding dogs is sold as the dream like it is in breeding snakes right everyone you've seen we've seen so many people pop up at shows now that we've never seen before and so many of them are selling their first snakes it's not just like one or two selling their first snakes you'll go to a show now and 10 tables will be people there for the very first time selling the first snakes ever there's just there's just too many of them you can't you can't do that. You've diluted the the number of breeders at a show. Therefore, that yeah, everyone can sell one. Whereas before, the ten breeders that were there would all sell ten. But it, it by attrition, it's going to take care of itself. Yes. I mean, it's I'm already you know hearing from so many. I you know, I, six months ago, I said we're about to start seeing a bunch of collections coming up for sale. You know, you and I've had this discussion, and sure enough, every day, every day, I get a message from somebody trying to sell a collection. Hey man, you know where I can get rid of all these snakes? Hey man, do you, do you, I, I, I'm getting crazy amount of, do you buy rack, racks back? Yeah. And of course I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy, um, why well, I try to sell my used rack when right, I sell a new one? Right. What sucks though, is that I think that's part though of what's hurting our business right now is I've seen a numberable amount of people that have contacted me to get pricing. And then I'll see them in the groups commenting on used stuff and buying it, which, hey, I don't more can't blame. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not buying used racks because I'm not putting my animals when I don't know what the hell you had in there. Or yes. How, yeah. how your biosecurity was or anything like that. I'm just not doing it. And that's not just because I build racks, but I was like that before too. I'm just not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless I know you. If I know you, yeah. 
Yeah. Then I'm, if, if I, I would buy a rack from Jane. Yeah, if I know yeah. you and trust your collection. It, correct. Right. Like, because otherwise, wrong, there's not enough bleach in the world. It's going to sound bad. Mean. But I mean, I know people that I still wouldn't take stuff out of their collection. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can like them as a person, but maybe not trust everything that happens in their collection. That makes sense. Um, We're not shitting on ball python breeders. Let me be very clear about that. No, I'm not. I I think though, if you if you want to give it a go, give it a go. Have at it. But I think the problem is for so long the python community has said because they always they always shrug off the at some point there's got to be a fall right and they, and they always talk about how strong it still is strong it still is I think we've finally reached that fall and I think again I think a lot of ball python breeders will not admit it but yet they're going to go to a show and sell one or two snakes. Instead of when they used to sell 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 20 snakes, right? There's, there's got to be something different there. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say something and it be misconstrued. What? In this hobby? No way. It's insane, man. <laughs> Let me go through, uh, do our Herp Shows real quick. So we got uh, Robert in there. Let's get our Herp Shows, our other uh, sponsor. Herp Shows, Lafayette, Louisiana, November 5th and 6th. Uh, Katie and I will be there. We still have not figured out what time our football game is on Saturday. No, and I called the school today and they still haven't set a time yet. Wow. I'm yeah. like, how am I supposed to buy tickets? They're like, well, we'll sell you tickets. And I'm like, but you've no freaking clue what, what time, time the do game I have to be is. there? Uh, yeah. So we'll be in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, Rachel will be there. Rachel will be there. Cage, I'll be helping out. We'll be throwing cages and, and racks at people. Come buy them. And hides. We'll have hides. Mm-hmm. Come get you a hide after I get mine for my snakes. Anyways, uh, the Pearland Show, November 12th and 13th. Looking forward to the Pearland Show. Just because, again, as usual, I can sleep in my own bed. <laughs> uh, Austin, Texas, December 3rd and 4th. Slidell, December 10th and 11th. That's the last show of the year, the Slidell Show. So if you're looking for presents for Christmas or whatever, make it there. Uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma is January 14th and 15th. Longview, Texas, January 21st, 22nd. Back in Conroe, January 20th and 29th. Again, that's my birthday weekend. And then down to Corpus Christi, Texas. 29th? What did I say? You said 20th and 29th. 28th, 29th. Yeah. And then Corpus Christi, Texas, February 25th and 26th. We can go hang out and be cold on the beach. Because it was cold today. It felt amazing. Yeah. I say cold. Oh my gosh. Cooler. My third graders thought they were going to freeze to death. They're going to really today. freeze tomorrow. We'll see they really tomorrow. are. I can't wait. Those be 44 in the morning. I wore real shoes today and never got hot. It was great. I'll be in shorts. Yeah, I know. I won't be in shorts, I mean, but I'll, this is I'll what I wore to work today. Or a so. t-shirt. Uh, so let's look at what we got real quick. Douglas Ray White says uh, he comes to see me. I know, Doug. That's, I know that's the only reason you come to shows is because I'm there. And I'm amazing. I brought his wife a wiener last time. I bet you did. Uh... I don't know who fa- I don't know who Facebook user is because people don't use their names when they sign in. They got to fix that. Too much supply, not enough demand right now. That is a hundred percent the issue uh, for certain species. Again, not all. Darren Watson said, "I noticed my local pet shop carrying more diverse stuff the last few months, and that has kind of become a lot of." Sp- you go to like PetSmart now; they're trying to get a lot more diverse. I'm going stuff. spelunking tomorrow. That's Sean. Is it? Oh, is Sean? it? He's going with Greg to go do some mitigation study in a cave, but that's got a bunch of salamanders in it that he's super what? excited about. That sounds yeah. cool. So that's Sean spelunking. Yeah, I just don't trust like a rope to carry me down. He's so excited about it. He told me about it like three times. Is this it? Weekend. Yeah. Are you going like lowering down on a rope, or is it like walking down into a cave? Because walking yeah. down into a cave is fine. I just, I'm not the smallest person, and being lowered down on a rope. Yeah. Not, I just, I don't trust me. the the technology. The fucking rope better be this big around, <laughs> and there better be like <laughs> better be a steel cable. <laughs> yeah. Lowering down on a steel cable. Holy crap! <laughs> so, 
Sam said that he thought he was going to freeze today. It's 43 degrees in North it's gonna Alabama be, it's right gonna now. Be, it's, I've got to make sure that tortoises back in Louisiana get locked up tonight because it's in the 30s tonight. What? I did not know it was getting yep. that cold. Yeah, my tortoises have to start being locked up every yeah, night. He said it's crawling into a small hole into a large cavern. Oh, I could do that. Depends on how small the hole is. I was going to say going to be crawling <laughs> into true. a small hole. Um, I, I can get in small holes. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm hoping he gets to put some pictures up. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that not everybody, that almost nobody ever gets to do. Old spelunking. But he gets to go and be Greg's assistant. So. I want to spelunk. Yeah. You know what I don't want to do? Underwater spelunking. You know, it's your dad talking about um, how cold it is. We've we had an above average summer, and then today was 15 degrees below average. Oh yeah! I'm like, come on. At recess today, it was 62 degrees, and it was beautiful sunny weather. And I was like, "You're cold. Go run. You'll warm up." <laughs> I don't, I, Sean. I don't know what a Native American midden is. It's like where they. I'll let him explain it because I don't think I know either. <laughs> I know, but I, saw, I don't know how. I to, saw it in your eyes when you're like, "It's uh, I don't know shit, how I'm to not sure it. what it like, is." I know what it is, but I don't want to sound stupid when I say it wrong. That's funny, Darren. Your cold lasts about six hours. That, yeah. I think one day this week it is supposed to be. It's like we Where's wake up, Darren? it's forty, and then it's like uh, Thursday. The high is like it, back at eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, we're all gonna be sick. We are old burn and trash piles. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be some neat stuff uh, in there. Yeah. That didn't burn all the way down. Some cool animal bones and stuff, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. That'd be neat. Uh, also. I feel like we're very. All over the place. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, okay. Well, we haven't been together in a while. I like uh, it. Uh, also, if you want to say 15% on your VivTech light bulbs, which we need to get some, uh, we need to go visit the Herb store also. Uh, you can use code GUMBO22 to say 15% on your VivTech light bulbs or cameras or all the other million things that he has done. I'm, I'm going to get. Ryan back on here soon so he can give us an updated list of things he has now started to make. But uh, there's that. Uh, we don't have a sponsor for a giveaway. We didn't do one this month, but I would like to do a giveaway next month. So if anybody listening has an idea for what they would like to sponsor for a giveaway next month, reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, I'd like to do a giveaway for November. Um, you know, give away a frozen turkey. I don't know. We'll give away something. Uh, this weekend, we have something big this weekend. We have... Uh, you and I in the past have done a reptile day when we lived in Louisiana and we planned all that. And I know our memory, my, one of my memories on Facebook today was when we took Joe to the news with us and it was her first time ever on the news and she was promoting that event in Louisiana. Yeah. I, uh, I, this, this reptile day has not been mine. I've, I've helped a little bit here or there. Not much. It has really been, uh, spearheaded by Megan. Um, but it's going to be an absolutely amazing it event. Is. It's going to be this Saturday in Iowa Colony in Meridiana. Mm -hmm. uh, From 10 to 3. From 10 to 3. We'll make sure to share that up on our our page. I mean, Spencer Green's coming and talking at the Mm -hmm. event. I mean, that right there should tell you something. Sam asked, how would you thaw the turkey and warm to feed? That's funny you say that. That was one of our questions today. (laughs) The um, the high Saturday is 86. The low is 73. So it should be comfortable. That would be nice. I shouldn't sweat my ass off. Uh, but yeah, listening to uh, Dr. Spencer Green, I'm, I, you may have to come find me just sitting there listening to him talk. So tell me to get up and go work. <laughs> what? Sam actually wrote my Facebook post? Look at him being involved. An involved father. Uh, the question on Facebook, I asked several questions. This one was, why are my co-hosts staring at their phones while I'm talking to the microphone by myself? I'm actually reading a very important post that was made. Is it really important? Yeah. Brian Holt is in remission. Awesome. <laughs> It is very important. Those that don't know Brian Hall, he uh, in Alabama. Uh, he did um, Womas, Woma pythons for a while. Not Woma ball pythons, a stupid morph name for something that already exists. But 
Uh, yeah, he had cancer. He's in remission. That's great. That is great. Uh, so again, why process? Why? Ooh, I. No one corrected me all day on that. The fuck is wrong with all of you? I haven't looked at it all day. I actually taught. I, today, I apparently so. typed. Look, I typed this while teaching. Why process do you? Why process? I didn't be, catch it either. It should I'm be what process do you use to thaw rodents for your snakes? And no one fucking fixed it. Y'all, y'all are horrible people. Uh, I never looked at it. Chris, <laughs> Although I just kept getting alerts for people commenting. Uh oh, Sean said Chris Duncan gets his lab his last results on the twenty fifth. That's yeah. awesome. And we can all. Call he's already had the scan and he's having to wait. Two, two weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully that comes back great. I've been there. It's not a fun two weeks. Uh, but going through some of the things, and I'll talk about how, how I thought out stuff, but uh, Tony Dewer, that's a lot of R's in a name, man. Dewer, set it and forget it. He lets them sit out typically in the reptile room for hours as necessary to thaw. <laughs> the process gets the scent into the room, and typically by feeding time, snakes are actively searching for... Uh, a meal. What? Fucking Chrissy. <laughs> I think my face is as red as that pink shirt I had on all day. Um, oh, man. Chris said, Katie looks like a sexy cheetah tonight, driving all the 11-year-old boys crazy all I day. I teach eight-year-olds. I teach eight-year-olds. <laughs> all right. Anyways, moving on to our question. Uh, Christian Parr said, depending on what I'm feeding, I usually put them in warm water. This is a constant one you're going to see show up, but I usually put them in warm water until they are warm. I like putting them in warm uh, in water so that my snakes get a little more hydrated in the process. If I'm trying to get new snakes going, I like to let them out in the room for a few. Oh, the rodents. I thought he was talking about leaving the new snakes out in the room for a little bit. I mean, you don't just stick them in the microwave. That's not you should definitely microwave. Upon. You should definitely microwave your rodents. <laughs> it's it, it gets them. Put it on a good like a minute. They probably just need about a minute and then get them ready. Uh, Brandon Milchamp up in Canada says, in Canada, we've had lots of cases. I think it was a hundred or so from rodents being improperly thawed and handled. Those people got salmonella poison. Why would you handle it? Well, because what happened was they, they thawed it out, right? And then they handled it to feed their snake. And then when they went to go touch that bag of milk, they just, it got where they were drinking from. That's what tongs are for. It's the bagged milk. Blame the bagged milk. Don't do it. James Bergoli says crock pot. I'm going to go with no. (laughs) Tell your wife. Let me tell. Let me be the one to tell your wife <laughs> Max, that you're using a crock pot to thaw out. Max Hicks says, "Turn on the podcast because it's fire." Mm. Thanks, Max. Still didn't get eaten by that fucking bear though. Scott Borden says, "I use the same exact method for over 20 years now with no problem. I set them out usually in the reptile room at room temp for six to 12 hours, depending on what size rodents." Uh, then when I go to feed, I have a container of very warm, almost hot water that he dips them into for 30 to 60 seconds. The extra moisture is for hydration, like we mentioned before. Uh, and usually we'll take them out of the, uh, them out to thaw before leaving for work and then feed when he gets home. So I don't think it was our group. It may have actually been on my female herpers page that I'm a part of. But there's a woman who had, so yeah, it was probably that page. She had like a mason jar that she, because she only has like one or two. So she would use that mason jar to thaw the pinky, but she also uses the mason jars for her overnight oats. So she has this one that she uses just for the mice that has written all over with like Sharpie marker, like do not use for oats, snake only, use for thawing. It must be, I'll have to see if I can find that picture and see if she'll let me share it. But it was pretty funny. Uh, Megan says she normally puts them in the fridge to thaw and then heat them up with warm water. Uh, you don't use warm water anymore, do you? No, I'll go over all the methods I've done since I got into the hobby. But Caroline yeah. Bush says, 
Since I feed my ball, my ball medium rats, she's big. That is pretty big. I leave them in the fridge for 24 hours and then for 15 minutes soak in warm water before I feed. Uh, Daniel Cruz's fridge, Jethal, then warm water. Uh, most of the same thing is warm water, bucket of warm water. as we got over and over again. So I have done several things through the last 20 years of keeping uh, snakes. There was a time period where I used to put them in a pot on the I stove. I used to hate when you would use the pot on the stove. It was my best pot. No, it wasn't. It, it, it was. It was only used for rodents. It was awesome. It was. It was you never anyway. put food in that ever because that would have been gross. But I'd put them in a Ziploc bag in a pot and turn it on very low and a little more up that way. But the problem is if you let them go too long, they get mushy. And then having to clean mushy rat off of a very hungry snake is not fun. And so I quit doing that. And then I did... Uh, and it's what I still do now. I put them in the fridge. So I take everything I'm going to pull, put them in Ziploc bags, put them in the fridge for a day. The next day I take them out and then I set them out and come up to room temperature and then I feed. I don't, I don't. That's how we generally do it. Yeah. I don't now. feel, I don't need to get anything hotter. Mm-mm. Now doing it wrong. I'm sure there's species out there where a warmer food item probably does help. Um, and if you're having issues getting something to eat, then yes, try and increase the temperature a little bit. You can use a hair dryer to heat. I always like when people are like. My corn snake wouldn't eat. I, don't, I think it was too. It wasn't hot enough. And I'm like, corn snakes don't have heat receptors. <laughs> you so yeah, I don't uh, think it matters. <laughs> you have been taking them out of your fridge and just leaving them in the garage because the garage warmer warm in the garage. In. But they warm up in there. But I gotta be get able them, to do that here soon. But I gotta get them out of there before Co- the pinkies. A couple weeks ago, Logan got out a bunch of pinkies and fuzzies and I'm put them on the counter. And I got up the next morning, and they were still on the counter. And, oh. and he had put them out there at like noon. Oh. I'm like, yeah, we're not feeding those. That's just throw this money in the trash. I hate that. That's why I always tell Katie when I pull and Joe when I pull things out and I put them in the uh, garage. I'm like, guys, I need you to remind me because normally it'll be like every size rodent you can think of because I'm feeding the entire collection for some stupid reason. I do it. I keep saying I'm not going to feed the entire collection on one night and then I feed the entire collection on one night. Uh, but yeah, I just let it come up to room temperature and then feed them. But again, a hair dryer will heat things up if you need it to be a little bit warmer. If you want it to appear warmer. Uh, you can dunk it in warm water, like Scott Warden said. You can do that. So that is one way. I just, I've never done the water. The thing I hate about wet food is that I feed a lot of stuff on aspen, and then the wet mice get a lot of aspen stuck to them because I use that um, that thinner aspen, the really shredded stuff, and so like all my sambos are on that, and it gets and it gets on, and I just try not to get on there. Totally random. This is oh sorry, good. Did. Did. Never mind. I'll ask you after the podcast. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tom Crutchfield posted a picture of how many of you can ID, ID this extremely rare, rare python. And rare python. It's an Owen Pelly. So Keith McPeak posts a picture of him holding, holding one. Holding one. <laughs> <laughs> he said, can I play? <laughs> funny. Oh, God, I love Keith McPeak. I, I need to listen to, I'm sure they've had, I've been doing poor job of listening to a reptile podcast lately. And I need to listen to more of their Boa 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 podcast. Here you go, Katie. I don't know if it's like this in your house, but uh, my wife makes us put $5 in the find jar every time we make her find something we can't locate in the house. Fuck yes. After 13 months of saving today, we're buying a brand new Ford Explorer. We are for real. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I was looking for spaghetti earlier because I was cooking dinner. And I'm like, Rach, I cannot find this freaking spaghetti. She said, it's the blue box right in front of your face. And I'm like, it wasn't there the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> just grabbed it and walked off. Uh, yeah. That's funny. I did. So so that was it for the, the warming. Again, there's there's tons of ways you can do it. Do it. Um, don't microwave them, please. Just don't microwave them. <laughs> it's, yeah. Don't, don't I've seen that. photos and it's not pretty. Every, you probably I can't, have to buy I a new microwave. I can't imagine that smell. Every frozen rodent breeder has that on like their FAQ page. Like, yeah. Don't, don't do that. 
so I did ask. This is just a fun one because we will not be on bef- before Halloween because next week we're going to do some pre-recorded stuff from Conroe. Oh, we are. We're gonna yeah. Cool. So we got that weekend off. I get another week off. Yep. Uh, that's gonna be we uh, have Girl Scouts. The interview with Jules right. is gonna be on there. So Dax can get off my back. I'm just kidding. I've been looking forward to getting that one out. Yeah. That's a good and one. And unfortunately, I missed most of that one because I had to go. Uh, we're helping a customer. I was yeah. helping a customer. So Taylor sat down. Yeah. So we had Taylor. Which we'd like to send our condolences to Taylor and Dax because Taylor's father passed away this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh sounds like it was sudden. That's what it seemed like. So, yeah, that's, that's super sad because I know they were pretty close. Yeah. Rachel had a... um cousin of hers that he had pancreatic got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer two and a half years ago and they told him four to six months and they didn't know him he fought it he was his obituary today is him wearing a shirt that said proud odor of a non-functioning pancreas (laughs) he used to wear shirts like that all the time so anybody out there that's listening let me ask you this do you have a hard time knowing what to say when someone tells you someone dies i'm not good like i'm sorry just never feels like yeah it's like why are you sorry I'm not sorry. Yeah. My condolences. Yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't know. That's, that feels un- like you know, personal. So my cardiologist actually said something to me yesterday at my my appointment. Because um, he was asking if we had had any stress in our life recently. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, a few months ago, my sister-in-law just very randomly passed away. And he said, my heart goes out to you. And I was like, that's a fabulous response. As someone who has, like, dealt, you know, with death way more in her life than your average individual, I was like, that may be the best response I've ever heard anyone say to me, was my heart goes out to you. Yeah. um, I honestly... But for those of you who are wondering, I got a phenomenal report from my cardiologist, so I was pretty pumped. I haven't had a lot of people in my family die. Right. That I've had to deal with, like that's that's, I, yes. I mean that's a good thing, or it's just all going to add up at one time and then that's what happened gonna to fucking, me. It's, uh, yeah. They didn't start dying until I was like thirty eight. Uh, I say that my dad's parents one died when I was twenty five, one died when I was thirty. Oh, good. Every if, year, if my dad, if my dad's listening, I need uh, you to go ahead and get that adoption paperwork figured out before you die. I just know but, you're getting old. You yeah. know, my other two grandparents passed away thirteen days apart, and then it was like my grandparents were six months apart. Uncle. And then it was like cousin, oh, yeah. cousin, friend. Every like, single year, <laughs> every single year for ten years of my life, it was somebody. I uh, it started with my brother and ended with my dad. And close yeah. to me, let's see. Uh, so well, like, my brother passed away when I was fourteen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know, I was first week of freshman year, and he was twelve, and that was you know that was. Pretty- I also don't do I don't do funerals. <sighs> I I don't think anybody does. No, but I, I I try my hardest to not go to. Them. Yeah, like you know. We came to Kayla's and that was a yeah. little awkward because literally the only people we knew there were you guys and and don't worry it was awkward for me. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, because Kayla was the one you would always hang out with yeah. at family mm-hmm. functions because yes. you guys got along so well. She's the person I would have stood next to and made fun of all of our families together. Right, right. Which you and I did. I let yeah. you did it with me. <laughs> I was Kayla's surrogate, even though I knew nobody. Uh, well, your brother, your one brother. I, I mean, that's okay. I had Seth, to stand yeah. at one point and like block the view because I have an uncle who has a fake leg, and apparently when he stood up, it like started falling off Shit. so my aunt was like oh i need you to stand here so he can fix his leg and i'm like what oh, do goodness. i do <laughs> i uh so the only like the first like real death i deal with was like my grandmother died the one on mm-hmm. one side of the family that i don't talk to anymore but my grandmother died um and i had just seen her it was a weird thing it was one of those like i had a dream she was gonna die this took a twist by the way it did it did we'll, we'll get back to those <laughs> but uh, i had a dream she's gonna die and and it really like it's one of the first times i ever woke up like crying i was in like high school it was the weirdest thing. And so my mom's like, you want to go visit her? And so we did. It was like Mother's Day weekend. We drove up there. It was like 
seven hours or whatever. We went, we visited her for the day, spent the night, drove back home. And then she passed like a week later and it was either go to the funeral. This is going to sound heartless, but it's not. It was either go to the funeral or go to the SEC baseball tournament in Birmingham, Alabama. And we had tickets to the tournament. And I was like, well, I saw her alive. Right. What What good am I going to do seeing her? What, why would I go stand and cry at a box going to the ground? So we went to baseball. Yeah. And I didn't go to the funeral. Man, and I we, don't regret not going to the funeral. We like took a left turn. We did. <laughs> Let's, I'm going to talk about uh, something to do with animals, not necessarily reptiles. But did you see these two um, wrestlers from some college in Wyoming were out shed hunting, shed antler hunting? Yeah. And there were uh, like a thick spot in the trail and they apparently walked up on a mother grizzly. Oh, fuck. And she was on them. They both had bear spray, but she, they said it was less than a second and she was on the one. The other one fucking fought the bear off of his buddy, like grabbed her by the ears, gouged her in the eyes and and like got the freaking bear off of buddy. Yeah. Best friend ever. I mean, it fucked the one dude up pretty bad. His face all messed up. The other guy, he got bites. But he would have died. He got bites on his hands and stuff when he grabbed Easy would have died. Have you ever seen the guy that does the uh, little short videos on like Facebook or YouTube of how you would handle a situation? And like, they're always ridiculous. How you would handle if a bear attacks you? And it ends up being like, you go up to the bear. You get it in a neck in a neck hold, and then he like goes through all wrestling moves, can't and then you drop a shoulder or an elbow on it, and then like he goes, uh, it's simple. I can't believe I had to tell you that. Can't, and then he can feel please. the teeth on his skull. Oh, oh no, mm. no. Not can we can we talk about the video that Douglas Ray White shared? Oh, the bull with the bull. Did you see? Yes. Did you watch it to the end? Yes, and then it fell off the top of the car. <laughs> so for anybody that didn't see this video, it was this like roided up gym bull. Like this thing was like, it was around to kill somebody. It and it chases, chases this, guy. this fat guy through a field while everybody's I watching. literally thought this man was like dead in the field. Yeah. Well, they chase him and then, uh, and then it gets him on the ground, starts beating him up and these cars pull up and the bull turns to attack the car. The guy magically gets off the ground. He's not dead. He goes to try and climb on the hood of the car. Can't do it. Can't figure it out. He's too fat. Uh, then he runs around to the other side. Somehow gets all the way up on top of this SUV and he's safe. And then the SUV drives off, and, and he tumbles right off the top and back onto the ground. He can't win for trying. <laughs> Great. And he hit the ground hard, oh, like, yeah. on his back. Well, like, why did you not just get in the car? You were already on the other or side. hold on to, like, the luggage racks on top of the car. So many other things you could have done besides just try to, I don't know, like a surf ninja up there. I'm in this group called uh, Yellowstone Park, Yellowstone National Park Invasion of the Idiots, trademark. Um <laughs> And it's nothing but, they call them Taurons. Oh, uh, yeah. Taurus the ones Morons. that want to go up there and pet a, mo- or a, pet a, a bison. bison. Yeah, or a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those people are dumb. Well, there's, so there was a video recently of the uh, guy with the, uh, the cougar coming at him. And he's got a gun. And then, like, he, he shot, like, a stormtrooper. Because he didn't come close to hitting that fucking cat. Yeah. And that cat's <laughs> coming at him multiple times. And he's just like, Apparently bang, he bang. was packing out an elk or something. I mean, my thing was, first off, I I love nature, but I know like that grizzly bear closed that ground in no time. I know that the cougar wants to. Oh, yeah. It's getting to me before my mind can go, oh, here it comes. Yeah. Now let me shoot. Yeah. So the moment it tries, I'm shooting the fucking cat. Yeah. It's just, it's getting a bullet. I'm not risking that. Here's one. This person said they work at a hotel in Bozeman, Montana, and they had someone come up to the front desk and say, what time of the morning do they let the bears out of the mountains so you can get your photos taken with one? Yogi will be down at about 9.30. Yeah. Pack yeah. your picnic basket. Picnic. Oh, my God. People, uh, it's just... People are dumb. 
Just fucking dumb. Uh, so I also asked, uh, because again, we won't be on before Halloween. I asked what was your favorite Halloween or your favorite movie to watch. I originally asked what was your favorite Halloween movie, and I didn't want people to start listing their favorite Michael Myers movie. <laughs> so I was like, I should probably ask my favorite movie to watch at Halloween time. Uh, <laughs> Luke Strapper from last week said, what's Halloween? Uh, I don't know. It's You also don't have all the Pop-Tarts or corn dogs over there. So I'm just going to go Halloween is awesome. Candy. It's an excuse for candy. And it's awesome. Yep. I, I'll you can probably get corn dogs too. Uh, Chris Hubley said Rocky Horror because it's fun. Love to sing in the sassy strut dancing. I'm sassy, sexy. I don't know. Supposed to be it. sexy. Yeah. You can't type that on Facebook sometimes. Sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fucking Facebook. <laughs> They're protecting us from ourselves. <laughs> uh, Daniel, our Chris- child loves the music from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Never watch it. Uh, she's not old enough yet to watch it yet. Here's some. Bye, Sean. Here's someone who tried to ride a bison. Well, that's smart. That's going to end well. <laughs> I don't see what go wrong there. No. Uh, okay, I'm going to pause on this. Did you see my idea for a new TV show? No. So, uh, I've got a great idea for a new TV show. Because my dad had posted a picture. all thanks to his dad. He posted a picture of these two hyenas covered in blood from eating. And it says, uh, vegans, I don't eat meat because I respect nature. And then it's like, nature. And it's these two hyenas covered in blood. So, I've got an idea for a TV show that I think everybody will love. And I don't see where anything can go wrong. We have vegans, and their oh, job is to go up to predatory animals and convince them to be vegans. So they just walk up to a lion, convince the lion to be a vegan, walk up to a crocodile, convince it to be a vegan, swim on up to a shark, convince it to be a vegan. And I don't know where the show could go go poorly. I think the ratings would be amazing. Yeah. And it solves our vegan problem. I mean, I don't really have a problem with vegans, but... I do. Eat I don't like meat. it when Joe Rogan has a bit about vegans. You it's don't awesome. like it when they try to shove it down your throat. Right. Whoa. <laughs> Joe Rogan says, uh, he's like vegans and pilots. When you meet them, it's like they're holding their breath. <sighs> I'm a vegan. Like they have to tell you like at the beginning of the thing. He has, of course, his like comedic timing is perfect and it's hilarious the way he does it. But yeah, um, I don't, I don't understand why you want to push something that doesn't affect you on other people like doesn't affect how i feel about religion what, yeah. that's how i feel about politics i, I also just I, I find the evolutionarily i find the argument ridiculous we're meant to eat meat our closest living relative hunts down monkeys and eats them like mm-hmm. yeah go follow a go follow a freaking troop of chimpanzees around that's it so vegans can go convince them to be uh vegans also yeah, good luck with that. Uh, Daniel Cruz says, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's one of our daughter's favorites. Sweeney- he watches it at Halloween and Christmas. Did you see mine? I haven't got to get. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Uh, I think I've only watched Sweeney Todd once. And I, I was going like, to say, it's eh. been a hot minute. Like, He's eh. Captain Jack Sparrow in everything he does. And really that was That was my issue with Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I like Joshua Stover's. Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. Yes. I haven't That's watched that one. in forever. I remember as a kid watching Ernest movies and fucking loving them. We I'm watched watch Ernest that one. Saves Christmas with Joe like two or three years ago. Yeah. That's a good she one. She liked it. Uh, Megan said Nightmare Before Christmas. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That's that's a great one. Uh, Beetlejuice, which is probably my favorite. Oh my and my daughter has become obsessed with it, too. Yeah. I love Beetlejuice. As a kid, I made my mom rent it like every week. We Not didn't buy it. own it. They weren't allowed to buy it. They yeah, had there to used go to, be these to buildings, the video store. Well, there used to be these everything. buildings you'd go to that had movies in them. And then you'd give them money and they'd let you take the movie home. We have some older listeners. And then They're you could watch know them. what rental stores are. Some aren't. Some aren't, though. Uh, Corpse Bride. I've never been a big Corpse Bride fan. And Coraline. I've never Coraline actually seen Coraline. Coraline scares the creepy as shit. And the book is way worse. Really? 
I don't read, so it wouldn't matter. Isaac Kyle said Nightmare Before Christmas for the songs and Harry Potter for the magical fantasy feel. If that's not the weirdest thing posted today. Kate Higgs said The no, Crow. worse. The Crow. Uh, I don't know if I've ever watched all of The Crow. The first one or like all of them? Because uh, there's multiples. I want that hoodie. It says, don't pet the fluffy cows. And it has a, <laughs> has a bison on so it. So what do you want to explain the one you posted? Yeah, Hubie Halloween. It's great. Have you seen it? I've never seen it. It's Adam Sandler. He came out, I think, two years ago at Halloween. It's, really? It's basically a sequel to um, The Waterboy. Really? Like he is playing. How did I miss this? He's playing like that same Bobby Boucher type It's probably character. on Netflix, isn't it? It is. And it is they love him on hilarious. <laughs> my dad said, Cool Hand Luke, because it's the best movie ever made. And my entertainment is not driven by the season. Never, Very close second goes to Shawshank Redemption. I've never Two great seen, Halloween yeah. movies. I love Shawshank Redemption. I've yep. never seen Cool Hand Luke. Uh, and, and Talina said, Practical Magic. Love Practical Magic. I had a feeling before I asked what movie that was that, that was Practical Magic, but I couldn't remember if it was that. And then I kept thinking Mystic Pizza, which I knew had nothing to do with, <laughs> with it at all. But I was like, those are both vagina movies, and I don't know. Man yeah, banned from Yellowstone after get, getting caught cooking chicken in the hot springs. <laughs> He's just trying to be conscious like of, of nature. He's, he doesn't want to burn gas. Let me and, go to this super acidic alkaline water and that dissolves people when they fall. But I bet that chicken got cooked quick. I bet it did. It was done fast. It, it probably wasn't dry. That's so gross. Oh. Uh, oh, other questions. This is a good one. Um, no. What? What? I thought there was a really not pleasant. Did you just opt not to talk about it? Where? I thought one of the responses for that. I didn't I didn't see one that was deleted. I think I deleted I deleted a post at some point today. I think yeah, that was it. I deleted okay. that. Yeah, I deleted that. Okay. Did it have to do with the question or was it a scan like a spam thing? No, it had to do with the question. They just were being funny and uh It was because we're somewhat I mean I know I say fuck a lot, but I took it off there. Had to do with a cup. <laughs> and a video that Anyways, I don't even know you can still find. Uh, so I deleted it because. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait. I'm all for stupid humor, but <sighs> uh, this one was good. What responsibility does a pet store owner slash employee or breeder have during an animal sale? I wish I should have read this one first when we had shot on. on. Yeah. Uh, this what was great. Yeah. And what responsibility does the buyer have during an animal sale? Because we have several friends that own pet stores and, and not just pet, I, I did go back and change it to breeders. Uh, because we have a lot of friends that are breeders and it also applies to them too. You're still responsible. If you, if you produce an animal, you are somewhat responsible for where that animal goes. I mean, that's, that's on you. So, uh, let's go ahead and read Amanda Reddy, who was in here earlier. Let's read hers. She said, uh, breeder education to the new owner about their new pet enclosures, et cetera, information on set animal feedings. Uh, we give all buyers our full care sheet along with the answering any questions they have. There is no such thing as a dumb question. Mm. Sorry, uh, Amanda, I'm going to disagree. As a high school teacher, I promise you there are dumb questions. <laughs> I promise you. Like uh, when you have just read the instructions, just read what to do. And the very first hand, not even five seconds later, what are we doing? That's you, a dumb question. And you really don't say, ask a friend? No, I just tell them it's a dumb question. Figure it no. out. I look at mine and I'm like, oh, you should ask your neighbor. Or like today when I had the instructions on what to do on the board, word for word, and the kid asked me, so what are we supposed to do? And I just stared at the board. Said nothing to the kid. Just stared at the board until they figured out. I make them read it to me. I make so them So that feel, I can make sure. I'm the best teacher in the world. I make them feel stupid. <laughs> so this is anti-bullying month, right? And so we have all this anti-bullying stuff. I tell my kids all the time, don't be a bully. That's my job. 
and they're not going to be better at it. Uh, so anyways, I get where Amanda's going. No, don't question with her. Dumb questions. Uh, lifetime con- contact support, and we will help in any way we can, which I can say I, I've, I've sat at a show where I could see the readies and man, they will talk to anyone about the animals for as long as they want to listen. And it's great. They will give them every bit of information. Yep. They're wonderful people to buy from. Uh, Amanda says for the buyer, if I was buying an animal, I look for clear, open eyes, clean vent, clear, clean mouth and nose, body structure, alertness. Then I will look for a pattern and colors I'm interested in as a buyer. Always ask questions. Um, yes. As an educated buyer, that is what you should do. But we do know that people go to a show and uh, they buy things just purely off of sometimes a whim mm-hmm. or what they want. They don't care about anything. Like, they don't think about, is this thing sick? Because we've seen it. We've seen people walk around with that iguana in a deli cup going, oh, man, that iguana is not going to make it. That thing looks rough. Whereas they could have probably gone to a booth somewhere else, paid an extra 50 bucks, got one that was probably going to be much easier to take care of. So, yeah, that that is on research is a big thing. That is on. Them. I will say that. Thanks to Brian Lovins and Carl Vargas, my wife is now obsessed with pectinatas. Yeah, she they're cool. They're cool. Yeah, one they're awesome. I mean, she walked around with the, the Carl's mail uh, in her jacket Saturday morning. That was the other thing this weekend. Um, the venue had issues with their HVAC system. It, Saturday morning it was kind of cold, so Sean asked them to turn it up, and they do it by a computer. And they turned it up one degree, and within an hour, it was like eighty-five in there. Jeez. So then they turned it back down towards the end of the day. When we got there Sunday morning, it was 63 degrees in there, but it was set on 74. That's so weird. So it was probably set on like 74 air. Yeah. And not heat. So it was, uh, it was freaking freezing in there all day, uh, Saturday. But so Rachel was walking around with that one under her jacket, trying to help him warm up all day and was just in love with that thing. Oh, I forgot to post these questions over in the, uh, in the group as well. So I gotta make sure I read some of those, those responses as well. Um, that's where, that's where Sean's was. So I don't want to make sure I don't miss that one. Also, uh, some of the responses for, for this was, um, Richard Valdez says, as a breeder, I provide updates on the animals up until the day it's shipped. I provide pictures of their growth and weight and pictures of the parents and all the potential genes involved. Answer all questions they may have, even after the sale as a buyer, it's my job to pick up the animal as early as possible and to be home when the animal is being delivered. I've heard some just nightmare stories of like people shipping, even shipping to a hub and the person just being, yeah, I'll go get it uh, in like three or four days. Yeah. Like that's not how that works. Yeah. It's not how that fucking works. I always respect a breeder that when they ship something to me, uh, their thing is, you know, they, they constantly like, did you get it yet? Or send me a picture or send me a text as soon as you get it. They want to know when, when you got, they haven't, they didn't ship it off and then done. They didn't just say, I'm done with this animal. So that's important. Daniel Cruz says as a seller, they have responsibility to make sure that the person buying the animal knows what's going, what they're doing with the species, which is true. Uh, and the buyer, they need to vet the breeder or store to make sure it's a reputable source and they need to make sure they can handle whatever species it is, which doesn't tend to happen often, unfortunately. Uh, so I want to read Sean's. So Sean Gray, who has the Herp shows and has the Herp uh store reptile store shop uh it says employees should be able to ask qualifying questions to determine whether or not a customer is ready to purchase the animal they're looking at since we are in a college town because they're in uh brian college station area the one question we always ask is if they live in a dorm or apartment we will immediately dis- dissuade those customers from purchasing animals that require large spaces also what their schedule and travel habits are 
Do they have someone that can take care of the animal when they're away? Do they already have a vet, etc.? As a customer, they should either come in with at least some research done or willing to wait until they can do more research. My staff is excellent at making sure everyone walks in informed of every animal's care requirements for the life of the animal. Uh, we want to set their ex- expectations to a realistic level so that they can have great experience, whether a seasoned keeper or a first timer. So yes, um, it is important. If, if we've been around people that sell animals, whether it's a breeder or a pet store that sell them as commodities or sell them as widgets and not animals. So their number one goal is to make money. And don't get me wrong, in a business, the goal is to make money. That's a business. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit different when that business is selling a living thing, right? So you you kind of have to be in the business of making money while also being in the business of doing things uh, right by the animal. So it is important to ask those questions and not just when someone walks in and try and sell them whatever they want. Because I've definitely been in pet stores where they will sell you whatever you want without any questions. Mm-hmm. They're just there to make money. So definitely vet your store. Scott Borden said you should add breeders. That's why I added breeders. Lots of folks like to point fingers at the pet stores for not vetting potential buyers. And the next day selling animals at a show doing exactly the same thing. Then we will ask how it's so easy for hot crocodilians, large snakes and lizards to end up in the wrong hands. And in turn on the news eventually, which is true. 100% true. Uh, Dax said, yep, we had vetted people before um, that they've sold. I know I've talked to Dax about this before. They've turned down sales. I know a lot of people that, that breed certain things will turn down sales. We talked about some this weekend that you, you were near that people came up to buy something. And he said, no, he could have made the sale right then. And the way the guy said, I'm going to throw them into a glass tank, which would not have fit for the species. And he said, no. And, and so that's what should happen. You, if you can't afford to say no, then you can't afford to breed that animal. That's right. Or, you know, my favorite one is there. they, they go buy a snake and then they come over to me. What's the cheapest enclosure you have? And I'm like, I just instantly, I'm like, it's not because I want to sell a more expensive enclosure, but it's because you're already cheaping out on the other things that need to go with that animal. Yeah. So that tells me you're going to buy a cheap thermostat. You're probably, it's just, I always tell them it's, it's a life. It's not a, you know, a well, rock. And I get the trying to save money. I totally I get, get that. But when, you know, I hate when people walk into a reptile, store, a reptile show and they go, I got 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, no, you've already lost. You've walked in with, I've got this much and you're going to do your best. You're, you're playing uh, prices right at this point. You're trying to be the closest without going over. Yep. That is your goal. And you're not actually paying attention to what you really need. I mean, back before I did, you know, a lot of, you know, I had this business. I walked into a show on a budget. But if. If I couldn't find everything I needed in that budget, I just wasn't getting anything. Correct. And that's, you know, how we did it. Yeah. Of course, you know, Jack and Heidi, Jack especially, would be like, oh, uh, well, how about you give me half now and half next month? And I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Or how about you give me half now and then you donate the other half to JT? That's how he got us on one of them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That was like probably the last Conrad went to before I was a vendor. And uh, which worked out. Yeah, because it was when uh, JT's house burned. So that was the last one I'd. That's the last Conroe that I didn't vend. So we had started vending. Yeah, we had started vending, but weren't that didn't get into that first Conroe. That's what it was. Um, and now I'm by the front door. So with this question, it, it, it arose from several people's uh, several uh, people in our group and their questions. And they asked, but um, yeah, it's 
there's got to be more on a pet store owner and a breeder than just this is what it is and then you're done like you need especially if you're a breeder you should want someone to reach back out to you i would love for people that i sold boas to to reach back out to me and show me what it looks like now yeah i would love for it i, I don't know if it'll happen i've had it happen like once or twice but i sold a lot of boas a year or two ago and i'm breeding one of those babies this year the male this year i'd love to see how his siblings look and i know there's several of them out there rachel had a <coughs> a lady she sold a snake to it Maybe September Conroe last year or June. One of the two Conroes last year. It was the last one that I was in the very back. And uh, that lady sends her a picture like every month. So that's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that wouldn't bother me. Send, send me all the pictures you want to of the animal. Yep. I mean, because just like we talk with reviews, you don't tend to see positive reviews. You tend to see negative reviews. So if you sell enough animals, you tend to see the ones that someone didn't take care of and they're complaining about your sick animal. Not the tons of them that are showing you the nice ones. Yep. That where we moved you. I feel like that's grammatically not correct. I'm assuming that you being up near the front. And Conrad. I mean, the show that I moved at, as the show was opening was at Temple this year. That was when Sean came up. You want to move to the front? <laughs> because VPI's van broke down on the way there. Oof. Um, yeah, like on the way to the show. That's rough. And, uh, but yeah, they... I was on that back row, yeah, you know, for like three or four or five shows. My very first one, I was in the corner over by Andy, and uh, is that when we moved from the front to the back? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't. Remember. I don't know. And but- then, <clears throat> um, and then I moved to the middle, back over by all the venomous stuff, and then now I'm right up front, which I like. Yeah, I like that spot a lot. It's. It's not the easiest to merchandise, but you're right there when they walk in, but I like it because it's, <laughs> and it's easy to load out. Yeah. Uh, Amanda says she loves to see pictures of their babies because they change colors with every shit. Yeah. The only problem with that is like, if you're talking about like having holdbacks and then you sell some and then you see them and they look better than what you held back, that would suck. Cause then you're like, oh shit, why did I sell that? Uh, what did Darren say? It was up there. Hold on one second. Da, 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 da. Oh, that was Dax. That's who that oh. was. Dax. Yeah, that was Temple where they held. Yeah, that's Temple where y- uh, y'all helped us move and we were by you guys. <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, Temple Easter this last year. Uh, Darren said he reached out to breeders he's purchased from on the anniversary anniversary of the purchase for the first two years. That's cool. Which would be awesome. Uh, I mean, I said, oh, that doesn't happen to us. They, they don't have each. Must be nice. I'm, I'm very worried about. So I've got. Look, so talking about breeding. Let me go ahead and talk about it. I didn't I didn't mention this breeding stuff last week. So let me mention the. uh the breeding that I've had going on with my boas in the last you did two mention, weeks. We did mention the one guy that can't seem to figure no, out. No, we didn't. I didn't talk about him. Didn't we talked about him after the podcast? I think so. Oh, yeah. okay. Because we talked about him at some point. So I've got I've got boas that I'm breeding this year. Several different morphs. But um, I have one male that I put with a female and they were breeding. And then I had another female. So I took a, <laughs> a, a younger male that he's still of size. And I put him in there with her. And he just wasn't. He would lay on top. But he really wasn't doing much. And so I put the other male that had been breeding in there with them to think, all right, these two males, maybe one of them will get it done. And the, the second male went straight to breeding. The first male was like, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. And so he started trying to breed the middle of the body. And I was like, hey, he's in the mood. I moved him in with a third female who I didn't plan on breeding. But if it worked, it worked. And he just for two weeks, 
was so fucking clueless. <laughs> At one point, I walk in and he is straight up fucking her neck. He's got yeah, tail I've seen pictures because you were sending them. Yeah, he's got oh, the tail yeah. I wrapped, hear about it all wrapped the around her neck like you would around the tail when you're breeding and just straight up going to town on her neck. At one point, I was told, hey, let's try to limit how many times we go in the closet in case that's what's bothering him. And well, yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, all my stuff's in that closet. And you better move, better move in the dark. <laughs> so uh, Move in the dark and move slowly. <laughs> uh, but, but in the last week, he has finally figured out where the cloaca is lo- clo- located. <laughs> And I have seen several attempts. At least, I don't know if he's gotten it in, but he's at least been in the right <laughs> right area. He is no longer fucking her throat, which is, I mean, that can be taken two different ways. One way is good. But this was not the good way. This was not the good throat fucking. Uh, so, yeah, that has been fun. So, if everything goes well, I will have three boas pregnant on top of a handful of sand boas. So, it could be a good year. I'll have to buy some racks. They're releasing a Christmas story sequel in December, and Ralphie is an adult. Yeah, yeah. They've been doing that for a while. I thought you saw that uh, already. No. But uh, Not Katie, a fan so of that movie. I hope it's good. Katie had an idea that I think is a really good idea. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going <clears> to <throat> buy uh, two or three racks oh, from you. Oh, yes. And they're going to go in here. The and podcast so, room is going to become quarantine, which means I get my closet back. That's smart. But the babies, that way, when they go from here to shows and they go back into here, they never actually go back into the snake room. I like that. Great. So there will be racks behind us at some point on this wall with, with baby snakes in them. So they go from shows to here and never actually mm. go into the snake room. Well, you, you know, I've got two. I've got one. I, one I'm uh, spoken for today. Um, that 40 tub that holds FB5s or to hold V15s or V18s. Yeah, I need to hold V35s too. I don't. It might hold 35s or 35 shorts. 35 shorts. I'll have to measure it. And depth is the issue. It's yeah. To, yeah. Um, and then I think that was it for all the questions. I think I went over all. I asked several people what what they would like us to talk about, and so a couple of them uh, we can't. One was aimed at Jay Brewer. We'll pass that one. Uh, Jason Miloradovich, sorry, Jason, says, do you agree or disagree with the position of the Reptile Gumbo podcast host on his take on the locality boas aren't cool? Explain your answer and why James is wrong. I've never said they're not cool. They just don't fit what I like in a boa. So bottom line is he doesn't like them. I don't dislike them. Just don't like them. But I like my my fancy morphs. I mean, you don't discriminate. You hate everyone equally, so it's totally that is fun, true, right? That is true. I do. I do hate. I I, de- I definitely dislike. I don't hate. Hate is strong and takes effort. Uh, <laughs> I dislike. I dislike more people than I like. But I feel like that's most people. Mm-hmm. If you don't dislike more people than you like, then you haven't met enough people. Or no, just meet meet a lot of people. You'll realize that a lot of them suck. On your own business, there's retail base. <laughs> I have some awesome customers, but man, I have some that are just, they don't read the FAQs. They don't read the terms and conditions. They, they don't, don't read. That's just in general. Like I, I just talked about the kids asking me what to do when the instructions were on the board that I had just read to them. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing thing and I can only tell you it's, it's going to get worse. I've literally had someone today send me a screenshot from the website. How much is this? The and price. I can see the price in the screenshot. <laughs> So I just uh, edit, circle, circled, and send it back. back. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, this person asked if we talk about uh, the recent trend of keepers keeping everything they should in bioactive. Uh, yeah, so the, the, their, their point here was not everything is set up to be in bioactive. And I think a lot of the, also species-wise, there's two talked about rosy boas 
And I think, yes, if someone's idea of a bioactive enclosure is what they see when they look at dart frog people or something like that, and they go, awesome, I want to do that for my rosy boa. That's, that's not where they're from. They're not a jungle snake. So, yes, that is not the case. Now, I'm sure there is some scale way you can do a bioactive desert. I know there are, there's people out there go, well, I have one. Yes, there are plenty of ways to do a bioactive desert cage. And you definitely could do that for something like a rosy boa. Well, the... Um the register stand at the herb shop is bioactive, I believe. Yeah. Um, at the bio dude, he has one with Aki's in it that's bioactive, but he's it's, the bio dude, so you expect that. And and, and again, <clears throat> I think it's just it's a matter of educating yourself on the different things about bioactive. So there's so many different ideas. Like you know, this one person talks about just throwing bugs in a cage is not bioactive, which is true. It's not. It will help them eat the poop, but it is not bioactive, right? I've got my tortoises on soil with isopods. That's not a bioactive enclosure. I just have isopods in there to eat tortoise poop so that it doesn't fill up with tortoise poop. Yep. Same here. But, um, so yeah, I, there's, there's definitely ways to do it. You just gotta do the research and people, you know, we just talked about people not liking to read. That's, that's another problem. Uh, I did share a video today. I got from, from Luke over at lizard morphs. He hatched twins. Did you see that? I did. Twin bearded dragons. It looks so cool. Cool. cool little twin bearded dragons. That was neat. Uh, over on our discussion page, Brian McDowell posted this thing where a guy attempted to smuggle a Singapore-bound albino alligator in a suitcase. <laughs> Saw that. That's like wrapped they, in plastic with just the nose holes cut out. Yeah, like they weren't gonna X-ray that and go, "Well, that looks different." Uh, we talked about reptile day. Oh, I got a new snake. I got uh, a Calabar burrowing boa. If you've heard burrowing python, that's the way they used to be called, but they are a boa. Uh, it's a cool little guy. He's actually y'all can't see him, but he's over there next to Katie. Next case, corn snake is now in her classroom. So we've changed it out for Has your principal figured it out yet. Don't think so. My <laughs> kids, like, I swear, bless them. They're trying so hard. But like, because my windows are open because I have glass tanks in front of them for people that walk by to see like the box turtle and the frog and stuff like that. And so they'll be like, Mr. Nieto's coming. And I'm like, guys. Can we be any more aware of what is happening in our situation? But I mean, like he was in my room for 15 minutes today and I genuinely don't think he's even aware that I have a new cage behind my desk. Yeah, if, if you wait and get enough cages, they just don't notice when you have They more. really don't because yeah. I work with snakes that. So, so I, are you talking about me not noticing when you get more <laughs> snakes? So we've got the Guinea pig. We've got three glass tanks in the window. Mm. We've got the, the corn snake. We've got a crested gecko, leopard gecko, and the fat tail gecko. So I've got seven cages in my room now. James will have some cages pretty soon for his. Cool. Very yeah. soon. Cool. I'm excited. I've already got a carpet python downstairs that hates <laughs> me. That'll look great in them. Our fabulous janitor today. She's so funny. She was, uh, sh her English is not the best, so we have very small conversations when we converse, but apparently when she was in my room over the weekend, my Guinea pig was very unhappy. So she, Chirping away. she was like, I gave her more food. Is that okay? And I was like, <laughs> well, it was from her bag. Right. And she was like, yes, yes. I was oh, like, I totally fine. Totally fine. I was like, she's very spoiled. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I do have, so, so far I do have a, a jungle carpet python to put in our zoo at, at my school from Drew over at the learning zoo. And I'm getting emerald tree skinks from Brittany Reed over at Reed's Racks. That's cool. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have some really cool stuff, but I'm pretty sure my box turtle might be my favorite thing I have. Box turtles are cool. Are. She's amazing. The kids adore her. 
Like it, they're cool, and you get to feed them worms. It's just great. Speaking of turtles, did you see the video of them releasing three hundred baby? Um, oh shit! How did I forget? Terrapins, Diamondback terrapins. That's over on the discussion page. Oh, uh, who I was that, that shared that? Victor shared that. That was a great one. He also did a photo dump of a bunch of his uh, tangerine Honduran hatchlings. So don't let uh, don't let your son see that because they look amazing. Um, <laughs> what's her name? Brandy that does the. O'Quinn? O'Quinn that does the rescue. Oh, no. Um, uh, Nickerson? Nickerson? Sure. Is that her name? I don't know. Mario and Brandy. Anyway, she was at, she was right with Sean and I at dinner the other night. We were all kind of standing around talking, and she was showing him a Diamondback Terrapin that they just took into the rescue because oh, some guy ordered it off a website and had it shipped to Texas, Dumbass. even though on their website it says, we do not ship these to Texas. And uh, Yeah, we can't own alligators. I guess somebody found out, Game Wardens found out, and... She ended up with it. And Sean's like, can I foster it? And she was like, no. Can, can I foster it? No. Can I foster it forever? No. Because <laughs> he wants one so bad. How much will it cost to do the paperwork to foster it? Right. We um, will make it happen. I also posted this video, and I've seen another one since then, a big boy from Outcast with his owls. He, he's a yep. falconer. Oh, yeah. He has owls. That's yep. cool. Um. <gasps> trying to see what else oh we fit we we think we have figured out we posted about you posted about a, a science fair project for our daughter we're waiting for it to get okay yes, so we i posted um on the herps vendor page and i think i posted on our discussion page mm-hmm. that's where i read it um and so we had a, a handful of people come up with some really i thought were cool things um she thought some of them were really neat so, and some other, she was like, mm, that's too plain. <laughs> so we settled on is, and it's got to get okay. I think it will honestly a problem. We're, we're going to do one with dairy cow ice pods. We are going to do a comparison of commercially available isopod foods. So see which one uh, allows for the largest increase in biomass of dairy cow isopods over a period of two months. And she's even talking about like creating her own food to yeah. see if that's better than commercial and try to see if she can make her own food. And I told her to make her own food and it works better. You can always sell that. You've got the research to back it. Yeah. So, so that is, that is our goal. We're going to be hopefully in the next week or two be setting that up uh, and doing a cool science project. I did one with lizards when I was in middle school. I made it all the way to state. I, I grew, uh, raised green and old's on three different diets to see which one allowed granules to get. It was one that was all protein, one that was protein and vegetables, and one that was just vegetables. And uh, and no surprise, the protein, they did better on that. But And then you did one where you tortured a I tarantula. I did not torture We've talked about a fourth thing on here. anything. No animals were tortured. Y'all, okay. I built, uh-uh. You shut your mouth and let me talk. I can explain what actually no, happened. Sir. Go ahead, and then I'll tell you how you tortured them. I did not torture the tarantula. First of all, the tarantula's name was Herman. He had a name. <laughs> Turns out to be a girl, but that's okay. Uh, Herman lived a very long life in a fourth grade classroom. When we tortured were done. for part of it. We were not poor, tortured. I built a two foot by two foot maze and trained the tarantula to go from one side of the maze to the other to find its food. And it would go and I did time trials and that was what we did for several okay. months. And then I found a local vet who put it under anesthesia and we shaved the front four legs of the tarantula mm-hmm. i have a vhs tape that's great and then somewhere. what happened and then we realized we put that paper on a bee and then we realized <laughs> and it died that they need their hairs to be able to move so herman backed into a corner and refused to move for tortured 
like two months. Tortured. Luckily, crickets are very dumb. And when you take all the other shadows out of the box, they hide under the tarantula and he will eat. Tortured. So um, the uh, so last night we're trying to figure out the idea for our thing. Katie, Joe totally wanted to do it. Joe's like, we could do this. And then I was like, you do realize we know the results. They need the hair. And at this point, all you're doing is shaving and torturing a tarantula I mean, for an experiment. I mean. So we did not do that one. No. We did not. No, tor- no tarantulas will be tortured. It's okay. In this I didn't house. make it to state because that stupid kid proved yeah. that shrimp jump better on rough water. Yeah, I mean, this state. was in the eighth grade. Okay. I, I, I wonder, graduated that sounds high like school. some Southern Alabama shit. Yeah. I graduated high school 18 years ago, and this was eighth grade. So 22 years ago, this kid beat me, and I'm still very much holding a grudge. That's very salty about it. So salty. Yeah, like that water the shrimp lived in. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, uh, yeah, no, I won at my he school. He knew his audience. I shaved a fucking tarantula and he You know, me. over on the Baller Peninsula where Crystal Beach is, there used to be a hardware store called Claude's. It was a true value. It was a big store. It got wiped out in 2008 by Hurricane Iker 9, whatever year that was. But when I used to work patrol over there on the peninsula, one of the deputies told me, you know, the only thing in Claude's that's locked up is the white rubber boots. And I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. He's yep. like, go look. That's how that it makes is sense. So I go in and sure enough, the only thing Shrimp they had boots. besides the guns was the, the white, white rubber yeah. boots. For, battery. for those that are up north, those are shrimp boots. Yeah, shrimp, shrimp boots. boots. And that's big shrimping community over yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they, they had to keep them locked up because they'd go in there and take their old nasty ones off, put new ones on, walk right we up We would get bored and we would take Sharpie markers and decorate them so that they were different from each other's. Yeah. Well, shrimp boots. I mean, but, uh, battery. <laughs> so anyways so yeah that's all i got that's really that's where bubble was benjamin buford blue is from yeah. um as far as oh that. as far as breeding, i don't know i mentioned the boas one cool thing of the boa breeding that hopefully happens this year is that the i have a super sun glow which is an albino boa with two genes for hypomelanism so uh it's a super sun glow and i produced that one so if it knocks up the two females that it has bred with those babies will be offspring of a snake that I produced myself. That's the first time it's happened? It'll be the first time I've ever done that. I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm raising up some sand boas to be able to do that in several years, but this will be the first time I've done it with boas. So I'm excited there. And then uh, the little male that finally, finally figured out what to do, that's a fun one just genetically. Um, also, by breeding that super sun glow to the two that I got bred to, I'll finally be able to prove out whether those are het, het albino snakes. The two females are not visual albinos. But they are <laughs> Paul Alcoon ass Reeboks. <laughs> I mean, leave it to Paul's only contribution in life to be mean, a banger. Coon ass Reeboks. That is true. Also, for any, any non Southern people, coon ass does not probably mean what you think it means. It's not an actual coon or an ass. And it's not nothing racist. Not at all. at all. It is aimed at Cajuns and they will call themselves coon asses. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like a redneck, but with a French accent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sort of French accent. Yeah. It's like a redneck, but instead of, uh, they're eating a different kind of roadkill. I remember the first time when I when I was working in Louisiana for that bath company, and I had to go down to Man Shack. Oh, yeah. To <laughs> go talk to a customer. Could you talk to them? So, the lady was fine. Her dad, who was about 75. Oh, yeah. You ain't understanding a word, he says. I understood P-Row, and I understood y'all. Yeah. And that was it. Everything it, else was. I think, I think that would be so weird for a lot of people to realize, because- 
te- technically parts of Louisiana, those are America. But uh, when you get down there, <laughs> yeah, it is not America. Yeah, it is not English speaking. It uh, is. In fact, one of my friends from there, he lives in Alabama now. He posted earlier. People who grew up in South Louisiana but moved. How many times have you had to explain what a P A R R A I N Parain and nanny was? Yeah, I'm like, I don't even know what that shit is. I don't know. And I spent a lot of time out there. I say I lived in Louisiana. I've never heard of it. Yeah, you know, it's it's a different world down there. Um, but it's fun. It's a fun place to go visit. Oh, nanny is like an ant. Oh yeah. Okay, got it. So, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the, those breedings. Uh, a lot of it is, in case anybody has boa likes boas, a lot of it is uh, call albino, hopefully in everything, and then we're lo- working towards like some jungle and hypo stuff, a little bit of motley in there. So it's kind of a it's, mixture between all that. It's a godfather and a godmother. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I also don't think I posted this, or looked at this one last week, but last week we had uh, Ryan Gosler. This was really cool. They did a, a CT scan on a 30-year-old leopard eel. What? It's this big like leopard moray eel looking thing, and they did a CT scan on it, which I thought was very interesting to do on <laughs> on that. The other was uh, – you would have liked this. We didn't talk about this last week. It was the red-eyed uh, crocodile. Did you see the red-eyed croc skin? Yes. Where they actually like dig up the eggs, roll the eggs around, and like yeah. take care of the eggs. That during. was Alex England's girlfriend. Yeah, that uh, discovered that she got that video. That's awesome. So man. that's really cool. That could answer actually a lot for the breeding issues for the that breeding. are being had. Maybe yeah. you can't remove them and and incubate them. And if you can, you've got to learn how that works. What they're rotating because we were always taught with reptiles is you don't rotate eggs. Because they'll drown. But then come to find out that they're doing it on their own. So obviously there's something going on there to make. So it work. this may be a lot like when people do like with the small uh, morning geckos. They they sometimes they just let them incubate and all that in the cage. So it's very interesting to see this uh, this maternal instinct from this lizard that we normally wouldn't see. I also posted uh, that fucking that Eve's Revenge snake snare box that's for sale at Home Depot. Uh, it's a box that snakes will crawl into, and there's a net in there. It's bird netting. Yeah, basically. it's bird netting. They get tangled in it, and then they can get thrown away, shot, hit with a shovel, die, get cut up, whatever. They claim that you just take scissors and cut the snake and release it somewhere else. And I'm like, okay, so I'll just go buy a minnow trap with the two, you know, cones yeah, on each end. Dump it. And put it where the snakes travel, and they'll go in it. It Makes works a lot more great. Yeah. And then you go. And there's no having to touch it. Because at this point, I mean, to remove it from a net, you'd have to, if you were really going to remove it from a net, you probably don't dislike the snake, which means you're probably not going to use the trap in the first place. If you're using the trap, you don't like the snakes there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And unless you have somebody who can take it, grab it by the hand, by by hand and take it out, you're probably just going to kill it. Yep. Uh, So that drove me nuts. I meant to mention this one last week because we had uh, Luke on, but there was this awesome picture of this. scrub python that someone found just laying in the jungle in australia saw that i was just massive scrub python i just could i i can't imagine i know for there i've got to imagine just even if you're in australia and it still has to be cool to walk up on oh yes because i mean it's cool for us to walk up on a rat snake in the wild or a speckle king or something like that yeah that's still cool for us but it's not a you know 10 foot long scrub it's not a 10 foot long scrub which would just be freaking awesome to walk up on you know i've said it before on here but it was like march whenever Slidell, the first Slidell of the year. And it was just warming up a little bit. So me and Rachel and Russell went herping and we were walking through like knee high grass. Yeah. And Russell was like, it's a good thing we don't have really bad snakes here. Because <laughs> we'd still be, Russell's in flip flops, mind you. Because, you know, that's. I mean, you know. Russell, Russell who, congratulations. Uh, they had that baby. They had the baby this last week. His wife did. And she's healthy and happy and home. I believe they're home 
No. Yeah, we had Russell on a couple months ago when we did the uh, Corpus Christi show. Mm-hmm. He was on during our interview for the Corpus Christi show. Yep. Another one of our friends that's 40 years old and having his first child. That's <laughs> that's like that's like three of them. Forget Tracy's, that. Tracy was due three or four days ago. Still hasn't had it. Still hasn't had it. Yeah. Forget that. Uh, also, we didn't talk about the amelianistic cotton mouth picture that kept getting posted around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar was- the Ornatus is making the rounds again. The ornate black tail oh, yeah, yeah. found a few years ago that they're using in the scam posts. It's been going around the last couple of days. And then I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but the the dead uh, indigo, indigo, the albino indigo that someone killed in the wild. I remember you mentioning it. So I did do. I did see some more on that story. Apparently, it was hit by a lawnmower. Okay, that's it. Wasn't intentional. Um, it was hit by a lawnmower and or a weed eater or something and they saw it and we're like what is this and and when it comes to those i i know there are a lot of people out there and there was a comment on there uh some people are kind of glad when this happens because they don't like the idea of morphs of certain animals getting out there and change them i don't think morphs ruin a species and people can say they ruin bald pythons but they fucking didn't no one gave a shit about and, and people now can can romanticize how much they love a normal bald python but no you fucking didn't you didn't they oh, weren't good. They weren't the thing. They were a thing, and they were cheap because we could import them cheap, and so beginners bought them. But they were all imported, and we all had fit issues feeding them. And all that. So I don't see a problem with with a morph popping up in a wild population and someone trying to breed that and making that gene spread throughout that in a hobby. Um, Rhett Stanberry, he's in Florida. He and his wife Taylor. Uh, he's a photographer and a big, you know, he's a pretty prolific herper and you know subject matter expert he and his wife have been herping the areas where the hurricane ian hit yeah and uh, they found an adult female normal ball python that had just had a meal but about this far behind her neck she had a zip tie around her look she had a zip tie around her so they shoved food down her throat and then zip tied as so she could throw it up? I guess. Well, they, they said she looks like she's been out there a while. She's beat up and had like wild skin. You know, you could tell. They said they got the zip tie off and it was embedded. Like it cut her. Oh, shit. But they don't know. They're, she looks super healthy. Yeah. I mean, big and fat and healthy. But yeah, so they took her home. They said, I guess we have a normal ball python now. Um, I just wonder if someone had issues with their snake constantly regurging and as a horrible person, they shoved it down his throat I don't know. and then put a zip tie so it couldn't throw it back up. Maybe that's cr- that. Oh, that would seem like that would kill it faster. I mean, people, people are, are dumb. People yeah. are horrible and dumb. Yeah. But um, that's just a crazy find. Yeah. You know? That snake would have died from that. Yeah. At some point. Jeez. It's fucking people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I got. Uh, I got to find us a guest for next this week. Is, oh, no, next week we're doing recording. That's the herping friend. They take her. Um, the little monkey. monkey? She goes everywhere with them. There's a ton of monkeys living in Florida, so have at it. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. We, uh, again, if you have any ideas for a giveaway for next month, anybody out there wants to sponsor one, reach out to us, send us a message, and let us know. And we'll set that up, and we can do it. And I'd love to get another giveaway going. Uh, go on Morph Market. Buy a ball python, because, I mean, there's a few on there if you need a ball python. Uh, let's see. I'm just trying to figure out some of the let's go to crocodilians. Just for shits and giggles. Twenty-nine. There's, there's twenty-nine. Which is probably good. Probably good that there are twenty-nine. Um Yep. You probably don't need a crocodile. Let's see. You know what? Let's go look at bearded dragons. I'm curious as to bearded dragon numbers. Not 
Wow. So you had to guess, what would you think Bearded Dragons would be on Morph Market? Katie. 2,200. Is it 2,200? How many do you think, Katie? Bearded Dragons? Yeah. Because it's baby season right now. Um, I'm going like 3,000. 1,334. Oh. I almost said 1,500. You know why I bet that number is lower than it probably would have been if this was 10 years ago? Crested Geckos. So many people do crested geckos now, and they've, that's kind of been the lizard of choice. So, no, that makes sense. And there's 5,747 of them in the U.S. for sale. Mm. So that that probably doesn't. So, again, I, I going back to what we talked about, I if you're thinking about breeding reptiles, we're not telling you not to. Just do it smartly. Don't one, don't chase anything. Don't chase stuff. Right. That's the dumbest thing you can do is is chasing things. Uh, Find the thing you like and breed it. Breed one or two litters of your don't. Don't let it be. It's not your living. Let it be a hobby. And we, you know, our friend Paul um, is doing this. He's got some babies for sale, and he's standing by his price. When you start dropping your price, it starts diluting the market. Yeah. Stand by your price. I understand if you have to make a living, it's different. But don't, don't do a huge discount just to sell it because that just trickles down and it becomes, it becomes untenable. Well, at that point, if you're having a discount, a huge discount <clears> on that to sell it, then whatever you bred together to make that sell those two. Yeah. Cause you, you've at that point decided that that project is not worth the money you originally thought it was worth. And so why keep it? Yeah. I mean that you you've, cause whatever price you've put on the babies is a price you've put on the adults. That's right. So yeah. I mean, again, breed what you like and, and understand if, if you can't afford to hold on to it for a while, then you probably don't need to breed it. And that's what I tell people all the time. If you're going to start producing babies, you need to be prepared to keep them. Yeah. You need to be. Which I know sounds them. insane to me because they're thinking, oh, I'm going to produce 100 babies. How do I keep 100 babies? Then you don't need to produce 100 babies. Right. You've got to be prepared to sit on them. Uh, Canal side said, breed what you enjoy and make sure you can keep everything you produce in case you can't sell it. I can't tell you how many people will ask me, man, I need a hatchling rack bad. I got these babies and the eggs are due any day. And yeah, um, you had those eggs for at least, you know, 50 days. Yeah. Right. Um, Plan ahead. It's, it's, it's harder to convince me. You didn't know it was like, all right, the snake's pregnant. Okay. And then it pops out a small litter. Sure. All right. You didn't think it was pregnant. You just thought it was kind of fat. Sure, but when they but when you eggs. when you when you incubated the eggs for a period of time, right? You knew it was coming. You've yep. been counting down have days. All you know, I, I appreciate them coming to me for a rack, but it's very rare that I have stuff built, and you know that you can just come get one. Jennifer, our friend Jennifer, just posted. Someone just called an orca a sea Oreo, and I can't forget a it. And you know the worst part about that post is as soon as I saw it because it just popped up on mine as well. I was like, ooh, I have Halloween Oreos in the pantry. <laughs> Theoria. My daughter oh, last God. week made a pumpkin pie from scratch, and I still have a couple pieces at home, so that's what I'll be going home to get. I'm ashamed of you that you haven't eaten them yet. I've been trying not to eat that kind of stuff. Um, trying. We don't have much else going on. Again, this weekend, come on out to, if you're in the area, and if you're in the Houston area, drive on down. It's 20 minutes south of Houston in Iowa Colony in a neighborhood called Meridiana. Uh, we will post that over on the on the discussion. We'll post it on our main page, too. Uh, I think we have, but come out, come visit, come see us, come see all the animals, come see all the vendors. Robert will be there. I'll have some signs available, some cages, maybe some hides. 
Uh, maybe. Maybe. I didn't cut any today. Ah. So cages will be there. So come on out, and there'll be some animals. It, it's not a reptile show. I don't. I don't want anybody to think that it is an educational reptile event where we will have some vendors selling some dry goods stuff, but not really selling animals. Selling dry goods. And then uh, you can see Dr. Green come talk about the venomous snake bites, which is totally worth the, vi- the drive down just to watch Dr. Green talk about venomous snake bites. Like, I'm going to be like, hey, Rachel, watch our booth for a minute. Yeah, I'm probably, or, like I said, I'm going to disappear to go watch, just watch Spencer Green talk about snake bites. Yeah. <laughs> so come see us this weekend. Uh, we're not not at a reptile show. We're we're in town at Reptile Day. Uh, again, if you want to save 15% on your VivTech light bulbs, which you need to get, we need to get for our, we realize that the, uh, the UV bulb on our bearded dragon downstairs which is not a VivTech bulb but it's an old school one that i found and it's what we're using right now until we get the other one ordered it obviously is low on uv because we opened the blinds the other day because it's right down the kitchen table and i look over within five minutes and it's laying on that side of the tank away from the heat next to the window i was like all right there's not a lot window filters out uv and so does the tank so that's right right yeah there that yeah so yeah i can only imagine if we put that that uh VivTech bulb on it, it will go straight underneath it, just like yours did. Yours is in a new cage. And I she's saw that. Doing great. She's in a big old four by two by two uh, PVC cage that you mm-hmm. made it. It looks great. Yeah, she's doing great in there. Like she's re. I thought she was getting you know on the down towards the end. Man, she's really rebounded in there. Probably holds heat really well. It does much better than a glass tank did. It does um, holds the heat really well. Holds everything. I mean, it's just it's done great. <laughs> I put her in there and she was in there for maybe five minutes. And Logan came and dumped a bunch of ice pods in there, and I'm like, she's gonna eat those. And she did. And she ate a bunch of dairy cows. <laughs> and I'm like, he was like, oh, my God. He started grabbing them back out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you have to put those in like at night when she's sleeping. And After you fed her and she's full. And they got to, because they got to figure out where they're going to hide. So that's what we did is we put them in there that night after. Because she puts her face on the corner. And, and goes to sleep. Goes to sleep. So once the light went off, we dumped them on the other end. And uh, now if you go in there and pick up the wood or anything, they're under or yeah, they're under it. I do also want, I know this at the end of the podcast, nobody's probably listening to this part, but, and I'll probably start the, one of the future ones like this, but uh, a heads up, it is getting cold. It is the time of year where several things happen. One, uh, your temperatures of your animals' cages, depending on where they are in your house, may have been great all year. If they're near a window, it's probably going to get colder than you think it is. Mm-hmm. You're probably warm in the middle of the house, but think about the walls of the house. If you have reptiles near an exterior wall, just double check temperatures in the room. Did you see that too, Katie? What was it? Oh, no, I was looking to see what he put on top of this because there's what? a hole underneath it. There was like a shadow in your closet just now. Oh, oh. cool. That's where I keep the ghost. Okay. Um, so just, friendly. just double check your cages. If you've got animals outside, uh, you know by now you're bringing them in or heating them. Um, and also just be careful because this is also the time of year where electrical fires really, or gas uh, heater fires really start up. Everybody's turning the heaters back on. Make sure your air filters are clean. Make sure everything's cleaned up. Make, make sure... You're ready for winter and just be safe. Um, we just house fires are as a reptile hobby is probably most people's number one fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you as much as a virus is scary, it doesn't scare me as much as my entire house burning down because of one bad plug. So just keep that in mind with it getting cold. Things are going to start changing in your house than they were all spring and summer. All right. Uh, anybody else have anything else to say? Nope. I'm good. Nope. If you need a cage rack, reach out to Robert at lsreptileracks.com. Uh, look for signs coming soon i'll have that facebook page up and we'll post it over in the group the facebook page is up oh. I'll, I'll post it up later i've made it so uh, 10 years ago i used to do paracord bracelets back when i first uh yeah i used to do paracord bracelets well i've had that page for a long time and it's just been inactive but it has like 400 followers yeah so i just commandeered it today and 
changed the name and changed everything and made a pin post about, you know, not doing paracord bracelets anymore. And, and so I didn't have to like create a new page. I actually kind of stole some of my old audience. A lot of, uh, custom design, uh, signs. So mm -hmm. if you're thinking about sign, Christmas time's coming up. You want to get somebody a sign backlit, pretty sign, put it in a certain room, a game room, a craft room, reptile room, whatever, uh, hit up Robert for that. Yep. They're, they're going to be great. Um, uh, that's it. We will be back in two weeks. Again, next week will be some recordings from the Conroe show. If I'm not mistaken, I got to look. I'm pretty sure, but I'm, I know Dax, that will definitely be Jules episode on that one. Even if it's not the Conroe episodes, yeah. hers will be on there. Um, yeah, I've got to get shirts at some point, Darren. I know I'm, I've dropped the ball over and over again. I've got to figure out the easiest way. If anybody has the easiest way to set up an online, uh, drop shipping type store for shirts, shoot me a message. Let me know what the easiest way to set that up is. I don't know the way that I'm looking at, but I I'd pr I kind of prefer to go the non-website way. But we're going to do a website and I just, it's 2022. I'm, I think websites are kind of, you don't really have to do them anymore. But anyways, thank you all for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a live episode and some guests that I have not signed up yet. Uh, Pip Stalkers, just wanted to stop on and say hi to everyone while I'm on break. We'll catch the replay tomorrow. Thank you for the content you guys put out. Love this podcast always. Real. Thank you. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. That is awesome. Uh, so, again, y'all have a great two weeks. Have a great Halloween. Uh, post pictures of oh, yeah. if you have reptile-themed costumes. Post those over in the discussion group. That'll be fun. I would love to see some reptile. And I guess if you decorate, if you dress up your reptile, you can post those too. Yes, post those too. Fucking name. I have a dragon costume for my guinea pig. Mm. Anyways, so we will talk to all of y'all after Halloween. Good night. Bye. <laughs>